watching by Facebook Live. We pray that you also know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen. And that you have a church home. If you don't, you can come and be a part of what God's doing here at this church, at Quero Assembly of God, located here in Quero at 201 West Royce Boulevard, spelled R-E-U-S-S. -S. And it, uh, service times are at 1030 on Sunday morning. We do traditional hymns for praise and worship. And then on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, we have uh, evening service. And we have contemporary praise and worship for our praise and worship on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So we invite you to come and be a part of what God's doing here. If you're interested at all in intercessory prayer meetings, we have one on Tuesday night. Begins at 714. We, in honor of 2 Chronicles 714, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive their sin and I will I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. And so, anyways, if you would come and be a part of that if you'd like, we'd be glad to have you. And then we also have intercessory prayer time on Sunday mornings starting at 9.30, I mean 9.45, I'm sorry, 9.45 to 10.15. So if you'd like to come to that as well, you're more than welcome to come. We'd be glad to have you. God's, God's been blessing this church in a powerful and mighty way, and we want to share those blessings with y'all. Praise God. At this time, I'm going to share a, a, a joke I heard and. I think you hope you'll like it. I hope you think it's funny. I thought it was humorous. And uh, anyways, it's about this guy that gets to heaven. And St. Peter meets him at the gate and says, Sir, he says, there's an entrance exam now to get into heaven because you're going to have to be able to answer just three simple qu three questions. And if you can answer them all, then we're going to let, we'll let you in. But it's getting so crowded up here, we can't just let anybody in anymore. So he says, okay, what's the questions? And St. Peter said, first question, what day, what weeks of the day begins with the letter T? And he says, well, that's easy. He said, today and tomorrow. He said, well, I guess we'll have to work on the wording of that question. I'll give it to you. He says, the second question is, how many seconds are there in a year? Now, take your time. We're not in any big rush. You go ahead and think about it, and then you can give me your answer. He says, well, that's even easier than the first one. He said, 12. And he says, what do you mean there's 12 seconds in a year? And he said, well, there's January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd. He said, well, okay, I'll give you that one too. He says, but now this one is the hardest of all. He said, you might want to take a little bit of time to think about this one. He said, because it's going to depend on whether you get in or not. He said, okay. He said, the last question is this. What is God's first name? And the guy looked at Peter and said, Sir, he said, that's even easier than the other two questions. He said, it's Andy. And he says, what do you mean it's Andy? And he said, Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me. Anyway, I thought it was humorous. I hope y'all found it as humorous as well. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and get into the Word now. Job chapter 1, if you would, turn your Bibles there with me this morning for a few moments. Job chapter 1, today's message is entitled, Bad Things Happen to God's People. Amen. 
Bad things happen to God's people. And when you find it, if you would stand as we honor God at the reading of his word today. Job chapter 1, one beginning with verse number 1. It says, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the east. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Father, we thank you that we can learn lessons today from Job's life, from his integrity, from his honesty, from his willingness to seek righteousness and forsake evil. We thank you, dear God, that we're going to do the same. And we ask all these blessings in your holy name. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. We find from these five verses that we've just read that Job was a very wealthy man. And he was blessed with his children. And he also was blessed financially. I mean, he... He was living a blessed life. And God's hand of protection, we're about to find out something here in a minute. God's hand of protection was upon him in this whole situation we're about to look at. But I wanted to establish the fact that this is a godly person. He was blameless and upright. In other words, he sought righteousness and he shunned evil. In other words, that word shun means that he turned away from it. He didn't, he didn't want to sin. He didn't want to live in sin. He didn't want to even have sin as being a part of his life. He, he was doing everything he knew how to live a righteous and holy life and one free of sin. And that's the kind of life that you and I are supposed to be seeking. We're supposed to be looking to see if, if we can dedicate ourselves to God, just like Job did in this respect. He made sure that his life was dedicated to God he was committed to God. He was serving God with all that he was and all that he is. And we need to be doing the same thing, folks. We need to be living our life for God. We need to be living our life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's what we see here in these first five verses that we read. But now we're going to continue to read in verse number six. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Before I go any further, I want to make sure we understand something. Those verses just told us this one thing, very important thing. Satan is not in hell right now. And he's not going to be until all is said and done, until the final rapture has taken place. Tell everything that is, has been foretold of the, by the scriptures 
It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then he will be cast into the lake of fire. But not until then. Right now he's out and about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so we need to see that we have to be on guard against him. Then verse 8 says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? Now, focus on that verse for a moment, because what it says is, is this, that God himself is giving testimony that Job was a righteous and holy man. In other words, we need to realize that God was with him and that he was taking cognizance of the fact that Job was committed to him as a servant, and he does the same for you and I as well. He does. He, he looks at us, and if he sees the blood of Jesus covering our sins, then he knows we're committed to serving him. Then in verse 9, So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household? And around all that he has on every side, you have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. God allows the devil to have limited access to our life and to our families. In other words, he said, God said, take everything he's got, his family, his wealth, just don't touch him. He put a stipulation and limit on what the devil was going to be allowed to do. Well, he does the same thing against you and I. The devil can't do more than what God says he can do. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that God does not put us through more than what we're able to bear. In other words, we, we have to be able to endure the testing or the trial that God is going to permit the devil to do against us if it's going to come our way, if it's going to get past the front-line defense of God and his angels. If God is going to temporarily, for a moment in time, take away his hand of protection over your life so that the devil can come in and do something against you, God's doing it for the, now Satan's doing it for the purpose of destroying you. He's destroying you. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your walk with God. But you know what? God is permitting him to do what he's doing to strengthen your faith, to show that you are the person that God says you are a righteous and holy person. In other words, if he didn't believe that you would be able to, to be able to endure whatever it is that the devil brings against you, God wouldn't give him permission to do that. That hedge of protection will always be around you unless God sees fit to let the devil test your faith to show him that you are God's and not the devil. So we need to be sure that we're walking close to God. Just like we sang about a while ago. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily let me walk close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be. You know, 
We need to be so close to God that you can't even... Let me give you an illustration of this, what I'm about to say. There was a man and a woman one time driving in a car. And when they first got married, the wife was sitting right next to the husband who was driving. And I mean, you couldn't slip a piece of paper between. I'm serious. You, they were that close. And then after a little while, there was a little space between. And then after a little while longer, a little more space. So finally one day the wife looked at, looked at herself and looked at her husband. And her husband was behind the wheel of the car. She was clear over next to the door handle of the passenger side. And she said, honey, what happened to us? Why have we separated like this? And he looked at her and he said, sweetheart, I'm not the one who moved. See, God is not the one that's going to move in a relationship. If there's a separation between us and God, we did. We moved away from God. We did it voluntarily. We chose to take the path that we take in life. Even whether it's by the, the devil's design or not, we're the ones that decided to let that situation or that testing or that trial separate us from, from God. And we can't let that happen. We've got to stay close to him at all times because that's how you're going to stay underneath the umbrella of God's protection so anyways we found here then that God has temporarily removed his protection over the possessions in the in the family of Job but then notice what it says in verse number 13 now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabaeans raided them and took their, them away, indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, this, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, Another also came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away. Yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Get this, verse 18. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. You see, he knew that if God was going to allow this to happen to him, there had to be a purpose and a reason. He may not have known what it was. And there's going to be times things like that's going to happen to you and me. Bad things are going to happen to God's people. And when they do, it depends on how we react to it as to how, as to whether or not 
That's the proper reaction and response. We need to, to praise God in spite of anything that happens in our life. Whether we lose our spouse in death, whether we lose that person by divorce, whether we lose our children, whatever the case might be, we need to be praising God in spite of those things. Because God says to be thankful in all things. He didn't say in some things or most things or three-fourths of things. He said in all things, give praise to God. Be, be thankful to God. We need to be thankful for the fact that we're still alive. We need to be thankful that things aren't as, any worse than what they could be. You know, one more illustration I want to give you here about this is that I was in a store one day. I was walking along in a department store, and all of a sudden, I saw this mother pushing her daughter in this wheelchair. The daughter had her, she was about 12 years old, and she had her thumb in her mouth and curled up like a baby would be. And anyway, I looked at that scene and I thought to myself, man, that's a shame. And as soon as I thought, felt that and thought that, the Lord spoke to me and said, there but for my grace goes you. You know, things can always be worse in your life than what they are currently. No matter how bad you might think that you have it right now, it's nothing compared to what it could be. So pray that God doesn't take his hand of protection off of your life and off of your family and off of your possessions. Pray for God to protect those things. Not because you're trying to be greedy or hoarding those things, but because you want the hand of God's blessing on you, not upon not having Satan's cursing hand upon you. So we need to just be asking God to help us through the most trying times of our life. We've got to stay close to him. When it said that he ripped off his robe and shaved his head, in that day at least, that was a, a sign of, of humility. In other words, a, a sign of mourning. He was mourning over the loss of his children and probably over the loss of his possessions. But he was he probably more so for his children, though, but you see, what I'm trying to get at is this, folks, that we need, we need to trust God in the midst of the most trying situations of our life. Turn to God at that time. Turn to God with your burden and your cares. Turn your, prayer, your, your cares into prayers. Ask God. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I'll encourage you today to do that. I encourage you today to put your faith and trust in God, if you've not already done so. And maybe today you're going through a horrendous situation you say, Pastor, you haven't even mentioned anything that I'm going through. Well, I may not have, but the Bible says in all things, give thanks unto the Lord. So we don't rejoice in the fact that we're going through trials and tribulations. We don't rejoice in the fact that we're being tested. But what we do is we rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4.4 4 says, 
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, we've got to learn the key of throwing all of our cares upon God. And when we do, he's going to take us. And when he takes them, he's got them in hand. When he's got them in hand, he's got it all taken care of. You're, the Bible says this also. It says, and we know this, that everyone who loves God and are called according to his purpose, those things, all things work together for good to those who, are, who love God and are called according to his purpose. So in other words, the thing itself may not be good, but it will work out for you. And that's what we've got to remember today, folks. We've got to look to God to take care of our, our life, our situation, our families, our, our financial situation, our health, whatever the case might be. Let God take care of it for you. And trust in God's protective hand over you. Because even when the devil is out against you, even when God has temporarily removed his hedge of protection from off of you he's and allows the devil to do certain things against you. Notice that the Bible says that he put stipulations on the devil. Just like he does here in chapter 2. I want to read that passage of scripture to us real quick and then I'm getting ready to close out here in just a few moments. But in 2 Job chapter 2 it says this. In verse 1, again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord says to Satan, From where do ye come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man? one who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But strike out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. You know, I'll read the rest of the few verses there. And he took for so Satan went out in the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. You know, once again, it shows the protective hand of God in that even. Because God had allowed him to attack his possessions and his children, but he still did not allow him to take his life. And then he gives him permission to attack his person. But he still puts the stipulation of you can't kill him. In other words, God always puts measures of 
protection over you in spite of the fact that he temporarily moves up, removes a portion of that protection. So the devil can do what he allows him to do, but he doesn't allow him to go any further. He doesn't allow him to destroy you. He doesn't allow him to kill you. He doesn't allow him to, to destroy your finances or your health. I mean, yes, the devil does get a chance to come against your body and people think, get things like cancer and die from cancer and things like that. I understand that. But what I'm trying to get across to, to you this morning is this, that God always puts stipulations and measures of protection over your life, even when he allows the devil to come against you and to attack you. He always does. He's always doing what needs to be done for your best interest. And like I said, it's for the purpose of growing your faith and to prove to the devil that you're not as wishy-washy with serving him as he thinks you are. Because the devil said, well, if you'll let me take, attack his finances and his family, you watch. He'll curse you. He says, okay, go for it. But he doesn't, he doesn't curse God. And then he says, but if you let me take his, mess with his health, you watch. He'll curse you. And God says, okay, go for it. He allows him to give him boils all over his body. But he doesn't allow him to kill him. You see what I'm, what I'm driving at here today is, folks, that God's hand of mercy and grace and love and care and compassion is always there. He's always got you covered like a blanket. But even if he removes temporarily a portion of his protective hand, he's not going to let the devil do more than what he's going to allow him to do. He's not going to let him destroy you. And for that, we need to in the name of Jesus, we come before you right now, Heavenly Father. We ask, dear God, with humble hearts and humble knees, we ask, God, that you'll just touch us right now, Father. Lord, whether we're going through a certain situation right now and testing or not, we just ask, God, that your hand of blessing and protection will continue to remain upon us. We pray, dear God, that you don't allow that. We thank you, God, that we don't that you don't allow the devil to do more than what he does against us. We thank you, dear God, that you've given us the strength and the mercy and the grace to endure. We thank you, Father God, that your grace is sufficient. And Lord, we ask, dear Heavenly Father, that your hand of blessing continue to be upon us in a powerful and mighty way in the days ahead. And Father, we just thank you for all the things that you have done for us, will do for us, and continue to do for us. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I'm going to give the sinner's prayer. And if there's anybody here in person or anybody online, Facebook Live, that would like to say it with me, you're more than welcome to do so. And it's a simple little prayer, and it brings you on to salvation in Christ Jesus. It goes like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I confess my sins to you. I admit my guilt of my sins. And I ask you to help me to overcome these sins in my life. I thank you for cleansing me from all unrighteousness. I thank you for your love, for your forgiveness, and for your grace. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate y'all so much. Once again, I gave it before, but I'll give it again. If you're interested in finding a home church to serve the Lord in, we'd be glad to have you here at 201 West Royce Boulevard, R-E-U-S-S. We would love to have you. We have service at 1030 on Sunday mornings, 6 o'clock Sunday evenings. And we would love to have you come and be a part of what God's doing in our hearts and lives here at this church at Quero Assembly of God. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time.